All right, here we are with another episode of the High Ground, powered by Premier Company. Sal, how's it going today? Well, I got to tell you, Ryan, it's going really good. If you can uh, see what I got, I got us some popcorn. (laughs) We have snacks today. (laughs) Outstanding. (laughs) That is nice. Well, that sort of must be a prelude to our guest then today. That's a bit of a clue. Yeah, I guess. So, uh, yeah. So, without further ado, that introduction, uh, we have Brian Churchill with us today, National Account Manager for Preferred Popcorn. Brian, how's it going today? Just fine. Just fine. Good, good. (laughs) Thanks thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So, uh, uh, as a guest of the of, of the podcast, we certainly want to dig into your business and uh, what you're involved in. But we're going to start you off with the question of the day, and um, I think you're ready for this. Are you ready for it? <laughs> oh, this know. is your question, so yeah. I never know how. I wonder right. if our listeners keep going past the question of the day, or if they just tune in just for that. I hope they go. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. All right, Brian. Your question of the day is what upcoming project are you most excited about well just putting the seeds in the ground is one of the best projects every year i mean just watching those come up and, and take off and grow but uh, sal and, and ryan the best thing that we've got going this year i think the popcorn board has engaged with purdue university and dr quinn uh, they did this in 2023 and will repeat it in 24 doing a nitrogen study on applying from 70 units of nitrogen to 300 units of nitrogen uh, per acre and trying to get that curve established by a credible university as to what is the highest reward for your, your inputs. And we're trying to prove that, fo- that popcorn farmers are excellent stewards of the ground. Kind of like one of the holy grails of agriculture is just trying to find out how much is enough and and how much is too much and and uh, some they, we've been chasing that in in uh, field corn for a lot of years. Yes, yeah. We just here in Indiana, we have growers that apply from 100 units to 250 units of nitrogen, and some years they end up with almost the same same yields. That, so yeah, the variability in uh, the weather. There's so many weather factors yes. and other things that can come into. It's hard to get that one nailed down. So we'll be interested yeah. to hear how that ends up. Yes, that is a big project. Yeah, I get to go meet with Dr. Quinn next week and at Purdue and and go over his analysis for this year and and as they plan in the next year, they have two two growers in the state that are participating with that as well. One of them is our growers, another one is Weaver's growers. Awesome. So cool. Good deal. All in Indiana. We'll get to that as uh, as uh, the, how Indiana stacks up against uh, popcorn producers. But Sal, what's your uh, most exciting project you've got coming up? I'd say my uh, well, it's kind of personal. It's the most exciting coming up, but it's kind of in the middle of it. Just finishing, uh, built a barn dominium. And uh, if those that don't know what a barn dominium is, it's a it's a pole barn that's got a living quarters kind of attached on one side. It's kind of a fancy pole barn. And uh, on one side is my shop. It's a uh, 40 by 60 square foot shop on one side. And then the other part is a 1,000 square feet, two-bedroom, two-bath living quarters for my mother-in-law. So built Didn't all barns always have living quarters in them? Isn't that what they – I mean, we used to call them stalls, but I guess in 2024, she's we're got a little uppity now. She's got much better than stalls. Oh, yeah. okay. There's no wash racks in this barn. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I thought all barns had living quarters in them. But, uh, it is nice, and it's. Uh, wish I'd done it years ago. Pretty nice little setup. Yeah, well, I Wish I'd it. built it. It would been cheaper five years ago but <laughs> yeah i assume your friends have been invited to see it we're gonna have I an open, it yet, we are so. gonna have an open house we've talked about this there's it's right there on the school road so there's enough people sure. have seen the progress we're gonna actually have an open house in the spring well that'd be good that'll be good yeah. hope I, i'll be waiting for my invite 
So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, I'll stick with work on mine. Um, so we're we're in the midst of consolidating two uh, two agronomy locations in uh, the Lawrence County area, in Washington County area. So uh, we've got a we've got a new project, hopefully starting in completion. We're looking for completion right now. We're looking for for a potential start. Um, and Campbellsburg of a new agronomy facility. So looking forward to that. So That's I left always... that one for you. I left. You guys had like Sunday school answers here. Right, I did. <laughs> Planting <laughs> the seeds and right. the next big projects sure. from work. Yep. So I appreciate it. All right. Well, I didn't build. I didn't build anything <laughs> cool at home. So I, I would have gone that direction. So anyway, back to uh, back to the important stuff. So Brian, um, with Preferred Popcorn, tell us a little bit about your career. Uh, prior to lead up and now with pre, uh, with preferred i planted my first wheat crop when i was a sophomore in high school i've just always loved wanted to farm uh and then i started planting my first i planted my first popcorn crop in 1979 i got out of high school and went to work for ramsey popcorn worked on their farm and we raised livestock and and some crops and started growing some white field corn for them and then i did that for 10 years and then i started farming on my own and Kind of got sidetracked into growing more vegetables than row crops, and did that did that for twenty years, and uh, really in, enjoyed all the, the thrills and challenges of of that. And uh, then Leanne Preston owned what was started out as Gettlefinger Popcorn, and she was needing some help with some sales and building up the, her bulk business, and that was kind of what I wanted to get back towards. And so I've been there since two thousand seven, and. Uh, then sold the, the, that company, Leanne sold the, the company to Preferred Popcorn in 2010. And then we've just continued to expand and, and grow from there. So tell us where you're located. Okay, we, we skipped that. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> Palmyra, Indiana. Palmyra. Okay. Southern Indiana. Way down there. So it, since, so 2010 is when Preferred Popcorn so up until then, it was kind of an independent operation, the it, same location? It, same location, Gettlefinger Popcorn, uh, Herb and Irvin Gettlefinger started processing popcorn there in 1938. So it's that and Orville Redenbacher, Welcome Weaver, Ramsey Popcorn with with the Sig family. They all kind of started about that same time. It's just, uh, and, and then as World War II went on and came out of that, the popcorn business industry just kind of blossomed from there. Hmm. Uh, and so that's why at one point there were four popcorn processors in Harrison County. Wow. So which is wow. Indiana's first state capital, Corden. Palmyra is just north of Corden. So it's uh there's really no rhyme or reason about the ground being any more special than any other ground. Oh, well, it's that, special ground down there. That's for <laughs> sure. It, it, it is. <laughs> if, if you know about farming, Harrison County's a it's got a lot of rolling hills and sinkholes yep. and yep. and uh what what have you made okay. since 2010? Has there been a lot of improvements, or have you done a lot of different things? Yes, with with preferred popcorn, they they do a lot of exporting. We, we, we do a lot of exporting. We also focus mainly on the movie theater business around the world. Uh, the Gettlefingers started exporting corn in the 1970s to some customers in Japan and Korea. Very proud that we still sell those customers still today. So you know that. Uh, no different than your co-op. You want long-lasting customers, and and the same with the growers. You want people that's going to be on your team both ways. Uh, so it's that's that's an exciting part of it, uh, and preferred has continued to grow. And then uh, in uh, December of twenty-three, the prefer, preferred people sold out to Performance Food Group, which is a bigger bigger 
organization, and they were some of our biggest customers delivering to the movie theaters across the country. So it was just kind of a, a win-win for everybody. It's a, a bigger company. They just want to see us grow. Norman Krug, the founder of Preferred Popcorn, is still in charge of sales. He's my boss still. Uh, so we just can continue to grow and, and expand. Does it, does it have multiple multiple facilities, or is it, it just mostly southern Indiana? Preferred Preferred Popcorn started in 1995 in Chapman, Nebraska. It was four, four farmers that wanted to see how they could add value to popcorn. It was a crop that they loved to grow, and there was a vacant popcorn plant sitting there. And so they purchased that and, and took off. And then they had got some customers on the East Coast, and they're in Chapman, Nebraska, which is a long way from New York sure. and New Jersey. So they needed some help. Uh, shipping corn logistics wise to the east coast and so they norm and i kind of hit it off and uh we started doing doing that in 2008 2009 and then they purchased the place in 2010 and at that point we were doing about 10 loads a week and now we do over 40 loads a week 40 loads a week semi-loads semi-loads yes sir so you're you're located in Palmyra, Indiana. Obviously, not all your not all your popcorn fields are located in in Harrison County. So, give us an idea of the spectrum okay. of acreage uh, we, that you have. Harrison County and Southern Washington counties is our main headquarters for for growing acres. We have 17 farmers in in just in Harrison County alone. Uh, we want to keep it that way, but in order to, after 2012 and the drought, my boss came to me and he said, Brian, he said, there's not much need to have a popcorn plant in, in Indiana if you can't grow popcorn here. So uh, we kind of we kind of switched gears a little bit and, and we'd been growing a little bit of corn in Missouri, but we grow from Sykeston, Missouri up to Lima, Ohio, just to spread our risk out a little bit. Uh, so we have about 50 farmers that we work with and the acreage on that ranges from, uh, I have one grower that grows 15 acres that, uh, and then we have growers that grow 2000 acres. Sure. So kind of limited by freight, right? I mean, they got to haul to the, to the plant. And, uh, so that kind of gets me to let's circle back around a little bit about your customers. I'm pretty sure you don't export it fully popped like my big bag of popcorn here. I know she'd lay claim to that. And I don't right intend to let, I can touch it. <laughs> I don't intend to let you have all that. <laughs> so how does uh, tell us about your customers and and uh, you said the first okay. part was movie theaters. Yeah. And what what percentage is of popcorn goes what percentage of your popcorn goes to movie theaters? We're probably 50-50. 50% of it uh, goes to movie theaters. Yeah, around the world, that's what we focus on. We, we do very little microwave or very little poly bags and preferred as a brand that most customers have never heard of. We work behind the scenes. We work with with, grow, with uh, customers that are popping popcorn and putting selling it in the, sh- in the grocery store shelves. We work with them to grow the specific variety of corn that, that they want to see in their finished product. Now, let me so, stop you there. So there's okay. multiple <laughs> kinds of kernels that, that pop popcorn. So I spent some time with one of your growers at a field day, and we both had uh, – we were split time in front of an audience. And he started to talk about his popcorn and the different kernels that there are, the different ways they pop and what they're used for. So let's stop you there and, and start talking about just for a minute <laughs> what kind of what kind of kernels you okay. got. Not kernels. Just but just here in, in, at the Indiana location, we grow fifteen to sixteen different varieties of corn. Really? So we grow, and it's all yellow corn. Uh, we don't grow any white popcorn, but we have. I mean, you can get any type of popcorn you want, uh, and it just keep, it keeps evolving. 
But for the movie theaters, they want a a, a kernel that's going to expand the most so they can take a 50-pound bag of popcorn and get 50 to 75 tubs of popcorn uh, to sell oh. in the theater. That's their biggest, one of their biggest profit margins. You know, with Hollywood, they take most of the movie sales, sometimes a little extra. So the, the theaters rely on concession sales to to survive. So when you go to the theater, buy popcorn. That's pretty simple. Just keep things going. <laughs> and that's the biggest, fluffiest popcorn. That, that's the biggest, the highest expansion. Pop, popcorn is rated on an MWVT tester where you put in 250 grams of popcorn, uh, half a cup of oil, and and see how much it'll fill in a tube. So most of it will pop anywhere from 40, to 40 times to 50 times. Uh, and then we grow. So that we have butterfly popcorn and mushroom popcorn. Butterfly popcorn. The difference is is in the if you cut a kernel of popcorn, butterfly popcorn into the starch center is going to be about the size of a pencil lead. Uh, mushroom popcorn then is what I call referred to as cracker jack corn. That's what you eat as caramel corn. Uh, it has uh, more of a heart shaped starch center, so it inverts itself as it explodes. Hmm. And that's it. it the, the difference between uh, you may want to ask. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'll it, just that's I'll just fine. keep rambling no, on. Yeah, yeah, that's know good. Yeah. So you know what makes why doesn't all corn pop? You know why can't you just put field corn or white corn in a kittle and, and pop it? it? Just it it's the outer pericarp of the kernel of popcorn is super hard, and the starch center on the inside, and you have to get the correct moisture. The moisture on popcorn is so critical; it has to be between thirteen and a half and fourteen and a half percent moisture, and that varies between varieties even how they will expand the best. So then you you put that in there in, in the kittle and, and measure that, and that tells the customer then how many servings they're going to get out of that bag of popcorn. So the the people, we have people in, in the retail end of it that want a high, fluffy, tasty corn. Uh, that And then we have other customers that are wanting to put a little cheese on, so they want more of a mushroom type. But there's all types of, uh, it, it ranges with 15, 16 different varieties, from a round, a pure round ball, to a, a little thinner round ball that has a crispy taste to it. So that's why our motto is that we're big enough to serve your needs, but we're small enough to still care. Nice. So nice. You know, I like it. I did not know that there were that many different varieties of popcorn. What What's the shelf life? I mean, uh, how long does popcorn? But because of the hard pericarp, as long as you can keep the moisture control, and when the farmers bring the corn into our bins, they're all they have OP cables throughout them to, to monitor that moisture and kick the fans on electronically. So as long as that moisture stays good and you can keep the insects out of it, it'll keep for two to three years with no issues at all. I mean, the oldest popcorn was found in caves in Mexico that's supposedly over 6,000 years old. So Wow. Did it pop? <laughs> no, gosh. <laughs> no, I didn't know. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, it was worth asking. Where the oh, yes. you wanted we to know. Yes. <laughs> you wanted to know. <laughs> so, how does the um, export market? How do you get? Um, okay. I mean, how do you get popcorn? Do you put it in little bags, or does it you ship it in containers? How do you get it Mo- overseas? Most everything we export is in thirty-five pound bags, fifty-pound bags, or two thousand-pound super sacks. And most popcorn from all the companies, it'll go into a twenty-foot container, the short containers that you see traveling on the rail. Uh, that's those are what primarily we use for popcorn because you can double stack them in there. They'll hold forty forty two thousand pounds of corn, full semi load, inside of one of those. 
then where where we're located at, we have a little bit of an advantage over some other areas in the country. Being close to Louisville, we're only about 30 minutes outside of Louisville, and we have multiple uh, Norfolk Southern tracks and a CSX track. So when we we fill the container at our location, it goes to Louisville, gets put on the rail, then it goes either to Norfolk, Charlestown, or Savannah. If it's going to the Middle East or down into Indonesia, if it's going to Japan, sometimes, depending on the steamship line, it may go through the Panama Canal, but most of them still go through to Egypt through the Suez Canal. So that's why a couple of years ago during COVID, when the, the freight freight ship got sideways in the canal, that caused us more oh havoc as COVID did yeah. because it totally shut off that supply chain. And that's that's why what's going on right now, uh, we're, I'm so thankful for our, our government and, and all the alliances of governments that are combating these uh, pirates that are working in the sea over there. That's We have to have these, this open channel, whether it's popcorn, field corn, whatever. I mean, our, our agriculture society here relies on exporting, and those people rely on it for food. So we've got to get it to them, and we, we, have, to have, we have to have a clear path to get it there. Wouldn't I think right. of uh, Suez Canal problems affecting popcorn yeah. uh, exports, but that's pretty amazing. Yep. Hey, we like to talk about how we farm. <laughs> On this podcast, whatever we bring, uh, when we bring growers on and, and, uh, so tell us how popcorn is managed differently than field corn and, um, you know, what's the incentive to grow it? Like what's production? Cause you're not looking at bushels necessarily per acre. Uh, and then if someone's interested in doing it, uh, what is the first step? Okay. That's, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of questions, that's three Ryan. questions, okay. and then I'll be done for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Ryan and I will take a break while you just yeah. go ahead. And you just go. tell us. <laughs> well, you know, when I sit down with a grower, uh, and I've been asked this multiple times, and I, I take it serious, that they'll say, if I, grow, if I choose to grow popcorn with you, can it affect our family's income? our family's lifestyle. And that, that's, I take that very serious that, you know, a lot of our growers have grown popcorn for that I've worked with for 15 years now. And, and I think that they, most of them find it a rewarding experience. Personally on my own farm, I, I've grown popcorn for a long time, like I've told you, but I feel like I get from, can, can achieve from $50 to $100 an acre more money than I could if I was growing field corn. Popcorn is bought and sold by the pound instead of by the bushel. So there's no, you, all the ground rules you know about bushels and stuff, throw it out the window. It's, hmm. it's all based on pounds. But as a company and, and any company, we have to get it back to its economically benefit to grow pop to, to grow popcorn. So sure. it, we have to, we use, most companies use a, a formula times Chicago Board of Trade prices. Some use a fixed price depending on what you're looking for on that. Uh, but then I guess w- with a new grower, Ryan, the, the thing that I'm interested in is can you get crop insurance and what is your protection level on that? Uh, because it, uh, with with popcorn in, in certain counties, there, there hasn't been popcorn planted there. So then, or, or you don't have any experience with a neighboring farm, you have to take the tea yield off crop insurance, which is not very good. Uh, that's hmm. why some of our growers are, are reverting back to using wind and hail insurance. Uh, for a little protection, and we have growers that take the multi-parallel plus the wind and hail. But that's that's one of the first things before I'll sign a contract with a, with a new grower is you figure out what your risks are and what you're willing to take. So that's why a lot of growers will start with 50 to 100 acres, and you know then move up to four to 500 acres. Uh, probably 200 acres is probably our average. Uh, it's just it's a, it's a good fit. 
popcorn is non it's 100% non-GMO. I want, want that out there. Any popcorn that you're going to consume anywhere in the world today is non-GMO. And as you know, so don't pay more for one that's marked non-GMO. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so they uh, they go through go through that, but it's because of that being non-GMO. Then you have to treat it like a non-GMO field corn. So that's where your account reps have to have to wake up a little bit here and, and don't spray Roundup on it. It'll be dead. Yeah, it takes a little more management to uh, make sure that it stays weed free and and uh, free of weeds and diseases. Yeah, most most of our growers, I mean, in this in, in in this area of southern Indiana, there's a lot of non-GMO field corn raised, so it's not that big of a change. But you're going to use a bicep type product, a, a dual atrazine type product as a burn down. Uh, you can use Verdict, Roundup. There's all kinds of things to, to, clear, to get the fields cleared that are all labeled. And it's very clear is, is when we pick up a label, you can see if it's labeled for popcorn. Uh, the Popcorn Board also has a, a program that you can get on their website. And we have, have download an app that, that gets you to, which I know your account reps all use, to see what's labeled for popcorn. Uh, it, and and it, it's, it's very clear. If, if popcorn, it, sometimes it's worded as popcorn on the label. Sometimes it just says the word corn. As long as it doesn't say field corn or, or field corn, then it, it if it says the word corn or popcorn on the label, then it's cleared to use. It's also always good to check back with the, with the company uh, and your, your crop person to make sure to have them double check some of these herbicides because some of them will affect things. Uh, one of the biggest things, we're coming back over the top, like what I do on my own ground, I've been using Acuron, spiked with a little at- atrazine. Then I'll come back over the top. I had been using Revion Q. And then uh, some zidua because I've got a little bit of a grass problem in, in certain fields, and but now we've got a new pro- we've got some new products mm-hmm. out. I know Cairo is one that that I used on my farm last year. It worked well. I'm not endorsing it because it may not work well this year. <laughs> we, yeah. we take that. Sure. There's always risk with that, but it's there. There are a lot of a lot of products out there. So getting back to the other part of the question, Ryan, popcorn is contracted by the acre. Uh, one, of, one of the bonuses for popcorn is, like I, I plant 100 acres of popcorn, so preferred popcorn takes 100% of the production that's produced on those acres, and they pay me the set price where I'm using the Board of Trade times a multiplier, and I set that up to four times during the growing season. Uh, and most of, our, most of the company, other companies do the same thing. Uh, and then, so w- you're not taking the risk that saying I've got 10,000 bushel, that I want to sell in May and come November, I don't have 10,000 bushels, so then I'm paying that other off. So you don't have to worry about that. You're handling about half the volume. 90 bushel of popcorn represents about 5,000 pound, pounds. So you're ending up with the same dollars as you would if you had 175 bushel field corn. Uh, that's kind of how I calculate it. There's that's not, pretty attractive by itself. Yeah, you don't have to haul as much, and it's worth... Yep. More, you're hauling half the volume, and it is worth twice. Yeah. So it, in a, but it has most popcorn is from sixty five to seventy pound test weight. So as a as a truck driver, if you take your hopper bottom and you round that baby up, you're <laughs> you're going to be grossing one hundred and ten, hundred twenty thousand pounds. Oh so God. don't do that. <laughs> oh no, that's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> no, that's not. So, but uh, the because popcorn is non GMO, and it's ex, ex, a lot of the products from the U S. 200 million pounds is exported annually out of the U.S. Uh, from the different companies. I mean, we have that because you have to get permits to do that. Uh, 
it's if there's a soybean in it or if there's field corn kernel in it in Japan, especially. Uh, I mean, they just flip out because they think that that's not that that is a GMO trait and it's contaminated the whole load and they will send it back. I'll they, be you will, you, so that's why you, you, when I would sit down and work with the growers, uh, you know, I've got one grower over in Worcester, Indiana that, that their, their motto is it's going to be popcorn clean. That means that they're going to clean the trucks out. They're going to clean the combines out, the legs. We just can't have contamination. Hmm. And, and our contracts are very specific to that, that you're discounted very heavily. And if it, if it continues to happen, I mean, that, a luxury of a, of a processor is we we don't have to contract with you. So, uh, well, you know that going in, so you yes. can you yeah. can be careful and mm-hmm. and but uh, not just cleaning equipment out, but um, I'm sure this must go back to some rotational qualifications for the ground as well from a cropping rotation standpoint. Yeah. So, what are your requirements for that? Good point, Ryan. But we we never. Uh, let a, a farmer plant popcorn after they've had it in field corn. It usually has to be after mm-hmm. soybeans or after wheat. Just, just one get, time? Just one time. One just so, time. Yeah, okay. so we don't have a contamination issue with some volunteers coming okay. in. Because, right. I mean, even though we have very sophisticated equipment, our, our the popcorn goes over a screen cleaner, sorting out the bigs and smalls and the weed seeds, and it goes through two color sorters. So, you know, we're, our, our, our standard of, of export is one-tenth of one percent. Uh, foreign material, so that's that's pretty well nil. But it's the the risk is too great. Only one soybean seed and soybean and popcorn are about the same size. Like when you're when you're planting popcorn, your popcorn seed is going to be from two thousand seeds per pound to three thousand seeds per pound on the average. So that's about the same size as a soybean soybean seed. So it take does take special plates with the planter and different uh, kernel counts on the seed requires a little adjusting on your on your corn planter even though we have some very sophisticated planters now don't they yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure yeah what uh i guess i got a i got a gotcha question this may or may not microwave popcorn is there any difference between the variety that you would buy in a microwave popcorn bag and just like what you would put on your stove and cook it the old-fashioned way i call it no there's no difference no in difference that. at all but if you took uh if you took theater grade popcorn and put it in a microwave bag, it's going to blow the bag apart. Will it? Because it's it's all sold. Most most microwave popcorns are looking for a forty to forty four expansion, where theater is looking for a forty six plus. So it it just it, the, and that's what when you're do, when our ready to eat customers are talking with us, that it has to be a very narrow margin on the expansion rates because two. Too small, get too small of an expansion. The bag's not full to match the weights. Uh, too high of an expansion, then they can't get the seals to seal on the top of the bag. So just like when you buy a bag of potato chips in the in the store, uh, you you want that bag as full as you can get it. And our, our popcorn customers want the same thing. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, all right, uh, other companies, uh, not necessarily that you want to promote them, but Indiana. So tell us where Indiana ranks nationally as far as popcorn production and how important is popcorn to our uh, agricultural revenue well stream. With, with, with preferred popcorn having their headquarters in Nebraska we always we have a, a, a little bit of a battle between us because Indiana and Nebraska are, the, are number one and number two uh, and the popcorn board used to report all of that and there was a there's been a little mix-up on on how that's certified through USDA because as, when when you go to your local office here and you're certifying popcorn, some some of the the people staff will report it as uh, 
in, in different levels, a seed processed. There's several different levels on that. So anyway, but every year the farmers certify their acreage. So as processors, we're able to take those acres and Indiana, the, the last two or three years has been beating out Nebraska. So there, there's only last year, it's such a small niche, niche uh, market. There's last year, there's 248,000 acres of popcorn certified planted in the U S compared to 90 plus million acres of field corn, Ryan. So wow. it's, it's, that's, it's a small niche market. Uh, and then in Indiana uh, was certified as eighty nine thousand acres. Nebraska had eighty one thousand acres. So between Indiana, that's a clear win. But, yes. oh, but the main takeaway is that right. we won. Right? Oh yes, yes, <laughs> always. <Indiana won>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that is pretty neat that that uh, that that market and then um, and then the the balance of that. So half half goes to movie theaters globally, and then the other half goes to just uh, stores like. Um, retailers and resellers i mean can somebody come by the plant and buy popcorn in this maybe not popped in a giant no. bag like i've got no, over we, here we we don't sell Ryan any pop keeps popcorn. looking at my bag of popcorn <laughs> not, it's not yours yeah because we're we're, te- we're testing popcorn all the time what they're what they're laughing about is we have a, a big garbage bag full of popcorn we end up popping about five or six of those a day between the processing and the bagging area making sure that the product leaving our plant meets all the specifications that the customers ask I think ask we for. need to so, do that 10 times. Oh we had a plan. God. I think we should pop more. <laughs> so one of our growers has chickens. So we do a little bartering. You know, farmers are big barters. So uh, he brings us, brings the employees eggs. So then he gets a, a pickup truck on the pop, <laughs> pop, pop, popcorn because to go feed his chickens. Because Indiana. Because why could <laughs> why, right. why wouldn't you? Because That's right. Indiana. That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, Indiana is famous uh, with Orville Redenbacher. I mean, he's the when, when you go anywhere in the world and you talk about popcorn, there's not very few conversations that Orville Redenbacher's name doesn't come mm-hmm. up. And, and I got to go to Purdue uh, Fish Fry w- one year when they honored him as the hero of Indiana. So uh, that that was pretty exciting. It's the only time I'd ever met him. But uh, he, he was a plant breeder. He was a farmer. And then ConAgra, when they started buying up some companies and, and built their their place up, you know they put him up on a pedestal. And, and man, that 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 is when popcorn in the U.S. really took off. Huh. Uh, it just you you have to have you have to have some some niche to to get it going out. So uh, you know, in, in Indiana, if we're going to grow eighty nine thousand acres, that's we it takes a lot of processors to handle that. So. Uh, I came up with nine. I'm sure I've probably missed missed one. But uh, ConAgra Snack Foods, Weaver Popcorn, Gutwine Popcorn, Ramsey Popcorn, Preferred Popcorn, Amish Country, Black Jewel, Yoder, and Real. Uh, so that's 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 pretty hmm. pretty good size. And then it, it is. is. Yeah. yeah, good. And if a grower wants to grow popcorn, um, they can reach you at uh, call in the office down there at Preferred Popcorn yep. and. Yeah, our phone number there is 812-364-6717. All right. Nice. So Nice. Anything else for us, Brian? Well, the seed then, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. The we we have there's five seed companies that produce the seed and by by working with some customers internationally, most all of the seed anywhere in the world is raised here in, in the United States. So Ag, Ag Alumni at Romney is is one of the largest. And then you have uh, ConAgra, Crookham, uh, out in Idaho, Zanger, Slushman Seed, and, and Weaver Seeds. So it's kind of that, – that's really neat when you're talking with a 
farmers from South Africa. I get to interact with some of them. That's kind of our competition. Really? With, with the popcorn industry, with the popcorn board, we all get together a couple times a year. And, you know, our, our competition is more farmers in Argentina, South Africa, Brazil. Uh, now we've got some, far, some pop, popcorn being grown in Turkey. So, uh, you know, uh, in India, there's quite a, quite a bit of popcorn planted in India. And most of it there is planted by hand in two-acre plots. Wow. So it's... Uh, uh, one of my aha moments, Ryan, was that I got to go with our company, got to go to China, Western China, and look at some processing plants over there because we, we grow a little bit of corn there and work with them well. Uh, and uh, to, to go to a farm out in the middle of nowhere, so to speak, and, and visit with farmers there planting the same varieties of popcorn in the same time frame that we, are, that we do here, uh, that's, that was kind of exciting. And they were planting ag alumni seeds. Hmm. So Pretty neat. So I would guess after this episode of the High Ground Airs, you'll be just like over Redenbacher. There will no, be a sir, co- Ryan. There will be a no. conversation had. No. There will be Brian Churchill preferred popcorn after being on here. So Don't think so, Ryan. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'll get a plug in. In uh, July 5th and 6th, we have a popcorn festival in Corden, and then we cover the streets with popcorn. So, uh, Well, we should what? go to that. <laughs> They'll need your bag back. No, I'm keeping my bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's great. Hey, that's a, that's a good plug. Anything else you have for us, Brian? No, this, has been, this has been very interesting. I, I appreciate you coming. Yeah. This was pretty last minute, too. I mean, he what, he knew yeah. for three days now to be on here? Pretty so. much, yeah. yeah. That's what you get for eating lunch oh, with yeah. us. Yeah. That's what you get yeah. for sitting down and eating lunch with I us. Got, I got a free lunch, and then I have to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without talking about bartering. Exactly right. There you go. There you go. Hopefully well, I get a discount on my chemicals this year. Well, talk to Sal. <laughs> talk to Sal. <laughs> all right. Well, that's what I've got, Sal. You got anything that's else? That's all I've got. All right. Well, uh, that's another episode of The High Ground, powered by Premier Companies. If you like uh, like what you hear and see, please like and subscribe and follow us anywhere you get your podcast. Thanks, Thanks Brian. Thank you. Thank you.